everyone. Welcome to the 112th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com, a podcast we only planned out for four months, and here we are two and a quarter years later. My name is Bill Bodkin. I will be your Obi-Wan Kenobi for this Obi-Wan Kenobi podcast called Sith Happens. I am joined by my very angry young Padawan learner. Why is he angry? Because anytime he recommends something, it's so goddamn aggressive. He just thinks about the win, not about the strategy. He'll be on a plane for in four hours, for nine hours. It's a lot of stuff for him. He's going through a process right now. Al Manorino, you're on the podcast. Hey, yes, yes, I am. I will be going to uh, Cannes. I'll be going to, to Nice, France for work for uh, to go to attend uh, Cannes Lions for the first time ever. Very excited about it, even though I'm almost hourly getting denied uh, access to fun things. So that's been fun. But uh, other than that, man, I'm excited to be out of the country for the first time. Oof. In forever? In forever. I think out of the country probably since my son was born. And then I haven't actually been on a plane since pre-pandemic. So it's going to be very interesting all around. Very excited about it. Kids always stopping you from leaving the country. Yes. What jerks. Uh, joining us this week, as she has for our last few episodes, she is the resident guest of this podcast. She is the Princess Leia of this podcast because she gets shit done. And by shit done, I mean she drops copious amounts of Star Wars knowledge on us and we just learn a lot. And I'm just like, wow, I hope they make that into a show. Uh, of course, she is the general manager of Mission Pro Wrestling. And our favorite cosplayer, Amanda Rivas, welcome back. We have much to talk about. Yes, we do. Thanks for having me back, you guys. Uh, I just, I love this every week. It is, it's my happy place talking about Star Wars and all the things Star Wars um, and nerding out with everybody. So I really appreciate the opportunity. I cannot wait to talk about this episode. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet and let's just dive right in after all intros. And of course, the Grand Inquisitor of the podcast. No. Yes, no, he's not. He has a much better voice than that. And he does not come back out of nowhere. And you're like, where have you been <laughs> the entire series? I recently did four and a half hours worth of podcasting about the MCU with this man. We started at eight o'clock and somehow ended up at 1230. And we're like, we probably could still keep going. And they were, we just had gotten to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, of course, he is the podcast guru of the popbreak.com and the king of all penultimate episodes on the Socially Distanced podcast, Alex Marcus. We could not end a series without you, my friend. Yes. Thanks, Bill, for having me back. I'm definitely not the Grand Inquisitor, though. I don't want to be him. That's major L. <laughs> what is it, an L? Well, well, you could be, this, you could be uh, the, uh, the, was it Reva? Grand Inquisitor? She was Grand Inquisitor for like a hot yeah. second. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to be any of the Inquisitors. It's like they just kill children and also they're bad at their job. So it's like you can't even, it's like a lose-lose on every angle. That's the Sith in a nutshell. <laughs> Valid. And, and this is why Sith happens on this podcast. We are, of course, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5. Uh, let's just say it out the bat. It sucks that this show, for, at least for me, is ending next week. I feel like we just started it. It has breezed by. But before we get into our segments, what we have to do every time we have a new guest on, we have to get their thoughts so far on the series. Now, for those of you who might be joining us for the first time, because Alex is here and he has quite the following, um, I think. Um, I don't know. He's a great guy. Just listen to all his podcasts. <laughs> um, 
we uh al amanda and i were super high on episodes one through three we're all, I pretty much across the board gave it a nine and then we're very low on episode four i think uh i don't know if we did but i know a dj or michelle gave the episode of four which i believe is the lowest rating on an episode we have had on socially distanced ever so alex your thoughts on the first four episodes of obi-wan kenobi so the first four episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi are probably like one of my favorite three fourths of a Star Wars movie that I've seen. So in that respect, you know, <laughs> I think the kind of the good and the bad is built right in. I really liked how the show started. The first two episodes that premiere really blew me away. I was really impressed with the cinematic feel and texture of the show. I thought that Ewan McGregor was doing an absolutely incredible performance. I continue to think that he's the best thing about the show and he's really, really strong in it. Uh, and yeah, I just feel like Overall, it feels like what it is, which is a script that was a film, and then they stretched it out to make it into Disney Plus series. And so, of course, when you're dealing with something like that, the middle episodes are going to feel a little bit unfulfilling. But I have very, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to land the plane successfully. Yes. Uh, let's get into our first segment there. Uh, it's called, What's the Story? Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is the first time I am reading a Wikipedia entry, of course, this is how we just remind everyone of the plot, and it starts like this. Flashback. That's right, we start the episode with a flashback. During the time of Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan trains Anakin Skywalker in lightsaber combat on Coruscant, where he berates Anakin for his aggressive actions. Now, Fast-forwarding to the series itself, tracking Kenobi's location to Jabim, Vader promotes Reva to Grand Inquisitor. The Empire arrives to besiege the facility and deactivates the escape doors. To stall for time, Kenobi negotiates with Reva and deduces that she knows Vader's true identity as she witnessed his massacre at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant as a young lady. Oh, God, I wonder who brought that up every single episode. Uh, she reveals she wanted to gain Vader's favor in order to kill Vader for revenge rather than serve him. The facility is then breached while Tala sacrificing herself to save Kenobi. Realizing they cannot win, Kenobi surrenders and is taken to Riva. There he convinces Riva to kill Vader when she delivers Kenobi to him. Meanwhile, Leia opens the doors after removing Lola's tracker, allowing the path to escape before Vader besieges the facility. Reva uses this opportunity to attempt to kill Vader, but is quickly overpowered after a brief duel and is stabbed. She is left for dead and the original Grand Inquisitor arrives. Hmm, I think someone also said this on the podcast and reaffirms his status as the path network escapes Reva finds Bail Organa's message on Kenobi's transmitter, revealing Luke's location on Tatooine. Yes, the hmm, I wonder who said that on the on a podcast was not in the Wikipedia entry. Just wanted to clarify that, although I could probably edit that in if I wanted to. Uh, I, think, I think it would be fair that, to have it there because I think every podcast that's covering this show oh, sure, mentioned sure, sure, that. Such, such a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful face. I sometimes dad and mom, we need wins. <laughs> and we're taking these W's, right, Amanda? We're owning these. Said from the jump. Uh, maybe it's just me and I'm insecure. So, guys, let's talk about the Grand Inquisitor, which is uh, what we're going to... I'm going to change it up from performance to the grandest part of the episode. Our favorite part of this episode. I think it's pretty much we can all agree this episode was probably a lot better than last week's. But what was your 
favorite part. Alex, you're our guest of honor this week. What was your favorite part of this episode? Okay, so I think my favorite part of the episode was the ways in which the flashbacks and cutting back to the flashbacks so throughout the episode kept kind of previewing uh, and predicting the moves that Obi-Wan and Vader were making in the present timeline. I really liked that as a storytelling device. It was really engaging and it really, it was nice because it feels like it's informing something about the characters where it's like Obi-Wan knew Vader as Anakin so well in the moment and he continues to know him now by being able to predict what he's going to do next. And it had that sort of rhythm to it. That was also made it kind of fun where you felt like you were kind of one step ahead of things, but I, I enjoyed that from a from a narrative perspective. Al, what about you? What was your uh, grandest moment in the episode? I, I would say probably the the Reva. Is it Reva? Reva. Reva reveal, right? Like, I mean, obviously everyone kind of called it, but I loved the execution of it. I loved the going back, the flashbacks towards <laughs> it. And I also loved her, like... <sighs> I think it would have been very cliche if it was like, you were a youngling. Oh, you're a Jedi. Oh, we should fight, like team up. She was like, no, you guys suck. Like you're bad at your jobs. Um, Oftentimes they you're are. basically a villain too. Like I'm going to, I'm going to end you. And then I'm going after Anakin. Like, I love that. I thought that was very cool. And I, I think last week we were all talking about like, Oh, she's not surviving the season. She's not surviving the season. She's making a case for surviving the season because she's already survived once. So, uh, so Amanda, I wanted to ask you since you are you are our Star Wars expert here, where was Obi Wan during the siege of the temple? He was fighting General Grievous. He was fighting General Grievous. That's the whole Utapau, you know, the whole. Uh, when Order 66 comes through and he's riding the, the giant like lizard horse thing that I feel really sad for. <laughs> I watched that part, but he was he was taking out General Grievous at that oh, point. He was, he was fighting the distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Amanda, what was your, as I'm having a lightsaber battle with my daughter right now, because she's I know. So, so chill. It's amazing. I love it. She's like her dad. <laughs> uh, is uh, What was your favorite part of the episode? It's tough, but I, cause I just, I really love this episode. First of all, I just got to give props to the makeup department because they totally de-aged Hayden Christensen without relying on CGI. Um, and even, although I do miss the, the luxurious locks of, of, you know, space Jesus hair, we were getting it. We, were, we got a little bit of it um, with Emma McGregor, but they, they de-aged them nicely and without relying on so much CGI. So I thought they did a, I, and I popped when I saw Anakin come out and, you know, Hayden Christensen doing that same tone of voice, um, you know, kind of, it was like he hadn't missed a beat, <laughs> but I, I, so I loved that. But my favorite part was just how the whole lesson or the whole um, episode was like a giant teaching moment. And I feel like really made their, the later confrontation, the final confrontation that Vader and, uh, and, and Obi-Wan have, you know, that whole, you know, that whole line with like, you can't win Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can ever imagine. If Vader, you just see that Vader never really learned the lesson of waiting. And he ultimately was his own undoing. I mean, Kenobi always had one up on him because he wasn't patient. Um, so you really, you really see that. And I, I really feel like for people who never saw the Clone Wars um, in particular, you really got a better sense of how strong the connection was 
and how well Vader and Ben Kenobi knew each other uh, outside of, you know, if you, I really felt like watching the Clone Wars gave me a better appreciation for that confrontation. But again, if you're somebody who, who never saw the show and you watch this episode, I feel like this did for everybody who's, who's never seen the Clone Wars, what the Clone Wars did for that, for that arc. Um, it just, it was really powerful. It was a really powerful episode overall. The storytelling was incredible. I loved it. Well, Alex, you've been catching up with a lot of the cartoons. So did you, yep. uh, animated series, I should say, not cartoons. I understand that. But whatever. <laughs> uh, is, do, did you feel that? Or have you got that part of Clone Wars? Do you feel what? Yeah, well, so I've I've watched all of the. I spent the winter just watching all of the animated Star Wars content <laughs> that exists on online. So I definitely have seen all of it, and I would definitely agree with Amanda. I think that that really. I actually so on one of my other podcasts that I do, Cinema Dros, we recently did a review of um, the Empire Strike. No, of Return, Return of the, of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and in that, I talked about how just watching all of the Clone Wars uh, seasons really made that movie way more effective than uh, than it had been previously. Just like the kind of despair and the way in which Obi-Wan has given up on Vader in Return of the Jedi feels so much more tragic when we watch the Clone Wars. And also just like the kind of moral kind of battle within Anakin in that final confrontation with the Emperor also feels so much more rewarding knowing what he was like and when he was trying to be this noble figure being seduced by the dark side. So yeah, I absolutely think that the shows really do a really good job uh, kind of doing what they're supposed to do, which is be an additive source of uh, enrichment. My favorite part, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode, but my favorite part is is literally when Darth Vader just enters into the fray, like when he walks into the landing, the uh, the airport, for lack of a better term. And <laughs> the base, just, in the base. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to pull this whole this cruiser right out of the sky, throw it down and rip it open. It, it's reinforcing what we had said through earlier episodes, reestablishing the monster that Vader can be. Like he is the, he's not just like the fun, like, hey, I've got a, you know, I've got a, a book where Vader is like a fun dad with Luke and Leia. That's a, it's a popular book. Which I That's have. a good book series. Yeah. I have that whole series. <laughs> a lot of parents do. And then they made a coffee mug out of it, which I have as well. Uh, but it's just like we've kind of it's reminding us of that. And then moving into his fight with Riva of just how much of how arrogant he is, which playing mm-hmm. back into the to the uh, flashback, but just how powerful he is. He's toying with her. He could have killed her in a second, but he pulls apart her lightsaber and throws it at her like, go ahead, fight me. I, I'm going to enjoy this. And he doesn't even kill her. He's like, I'm just going to leave you alive because I feel like he's now he's going to use her to find Kenobi. Like, because he's like, she's going to go after him because he says the line, he used you, which he did. He did use her. And so now she's the type of person who's going to go for revenge. So it's like, oh, good. She'll lead me right to him. She and, does get stabbed with the lightsaber, though, right? But she does. She does. Gut. But didn't they also imply that that's what happened to her as a kid? Yes. Yeah. So it's like she she's probably got an iron constitution. Pun definitely intended. Or maybe 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 she like he like hit her like she has a hole there and she hit her in the exact same <laughs> spot like a, like a hole like a holster. It's uh it's like what's uh, it's like um it's uh, like McNaughton's character from uh. Or she's like yeah. Fennec. She's just got. She's like she yeah. got a, ro- she got a well, robot. She got robot. Ass. She might. 
she might go down there in Tatooine. I mean, they've already they've already talked about the whole mod thing and Tatooine could it yeah. could happen. I have I have a question for you, Amanda. And so this is so Reva is now the second person who gets speared like through the center of their body with a lightsaber and is apparently completely fine afterwards. And I just was under the impression that if you get that from a lightsaber that that's kind of like it for you and that is clearly not the case so i'm a little confused about the dynamics of lightsaber battle i mean i would think the same i mean i've always thought because i mean you you have each lightsaber has different properties based on the color and all of that but every lightsaber i've seen you know you cut through steel i mean she just cut through steel with hers right before a couple scenes before (laughs) and that doesn't make sense to me unless vader the only thing is i'm thinking Vader just didn't put any effort into it. I think if he really wanted to kill her, he would have just done it. Like he um, used the force to give a precision impalement so that way she could get up and continue I think his he just dirty even work. It. I think he just even hacked <laughs> it. I think he, he didn't even put any force into it. I think he just was like, meh, I'm just going to like, here's a stab, stabby stab. And <laughs> that's really, that's really like he, I mean, he was, he, I, to me, it came across like she was so beneath him that yeah. why bother? Why bother? It, it almost mirrors, you know, cause I thought about that. And even going back to episode one where she has her encounter with Haja and she doesn't kill him. And I'm mm-hmm. here like, why doesn't she kill him knowing that he's helped Kenobi? But it's that arrogance. It's that arrogance. And I feel like that's what it came down to was he just felt like she was beneath him and why even bother? But it did seem like Reva really wanted to kill the Grand Inquisitor when she stabbed him in the first episode. And and he also seems fine. That particular race, if if I remember correctly, has two stomachs. Oh, I wish I had that. They have two stomachs. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that she just probably hit one of the stomachs. He's got the other one. He's probably fine. Okay. <laughs> but he has to, that. That's the explanation. I think is that the. I think it's Polly is the the race that he, that that particular inquisitor is from, and two stomachs. <laughs> that's like okay. Yeah, man. It, it, but, but the lightsaber can cut through steel. It can't cut through both stomachs. Well, they might be like, positioned. One might be that's higher. That's what than I the wonder. <laughs> I thought. I thought the positioning was probably it. You know, maybe they're okay. like next to each other or above. I don't think they're directly on top of each other. Sure. I, I don't okay. know if that's been explored. I know she's got two stomachs, but I'm assuming that that's probably what they went with. Was maybe their position next to each other? Yeah. I, I mean, I like know we don't have any. We don't have any internalized bleeding from a lightsaber because it cauterizes right away. Yeah. So we know that. So I guess that also helps explain it a right. little bit. I feel like it was almost like it was like. He just wounded. He just, it was a flesh wound for Reva. Like he just was like, like hit her in a spot where it's just like, it's going to suck, but it's not going to kill her. And he's just to humiliate her. I really feel like it's just to put her in her place. Like you you think you could outsmart me, youngling. And now he, and he said, I'm going to just leave you in the dirt. And what's, what's a better way to what humiliate her than be like, oh yeah, I'm not going to kill you. You're not going to have the glory. You're not going to have the dying on honorful death. We're just gonna lay here in the dirt on this planet. We're gonna leave. There's no one here. Go ahead, live out your days like wishing you got me. Just you, you failed. Good job. You're gonna leave here. And because Vader's a dick, so that's the other part. He's so sadistic. Because I remember, even we go back to the original trilogy, he's just just like, you don't agree with me. I'm gonna choke you to death. Oh, okay. They told me to let you go, but I did crush your voice box. So you know, I got my point across. Type deal. Like he just doesn't care. So and he so. 
Yeah, I think he was, but I also think I also wonder if part of it's like, I guess we'll get into the, we'll save that for the 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 theories section of it. But let's go on the opposite end of things. Let's can, I, go- can I ask a question before we move on? Oh, you may. I, okay, so do you guys think that he really knew all about Riva in that moment, or do you think that he just knew that she was sneaking up behind him and then bluffed the rest? Oh, I think he knew. Like that he knew that she was a youngling from the beginning and was purposefully with him to try to kill him and was keeping and he kept her around on purpose. Like, do you think that that whole thing was worked out at a time or do you think he was just kind of being a little bit uh, arrogant in how he was framing it to seem I, even more impressive than he was? I feel like our I feel like he knew because in the comics, he has a history, even the video games. I mean, he has a history of, even though it's not canon, he has a history of picking up apprentices to potentially take power from the emperor. Like look at um, the um, it's the one with Starkiller. I totally just drew a blank on it. I think it's a force, um, it's not Force Awakens, it's a movie, but it's- oh, it's uh, Force Unleashed? Force Unleashed, thank you. Um, okay. I'm like with my boyfriend, Sam Whitwear, who doesn't know he's my <laughs> boyfriend, but- Maybe he will one day. Will. Um, <laughs> Same with me and Timothy Oliphant. See, there you go. Uh, I mean, there you I go. Think, I think I think he knows. I think everyone. You no, know, just I'm... just call us, guys. Just call us back. We're we're Seriously. here. Um, but he has that history of picking up, um, a, but you know, p- potential apprentices, and they are people that are full of anger and rage. And so I feel like with Riva, maybe the intent was he knew her background and figured he could twist her revenge because she does mirror. To me, she mirrors a lot of Anakin's character traits Mm. you know again even just trying to take on vader alone without really thinking it through like she she threw her whole plan up in flux she let her emotions get to her it's a very anakin thing to do um so i i think he he probably picked her up with the intent and then usually he winds up humbling um these apprentices these apprentices or killing them um so i i feel like he knew but i don't think it was with the intent that she was I, I think I think he figured it out towards the end that yeah she she was going to kill him and I think maybe probably she might have sh- just started showing cracks in her long term plan to where it was it was not a complete surprise but I don't think mm-hmm. that was the intent. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he wouldn't not know her like if he's okay like he's getting onboarded as like a Sith right post post order sixty six. I think you sitting get, with the HR think, person. Yeah, like, you sit down with the HR person. I mean, the sexual like, harassment this, training. Yeah. Goes through Amanda, all that. And then Amanda it, is an HR person. So yeah, he, gets, like, he, gets the org, he gets the org chart. Yeah. And he's like, all right, so Darth Sidious is at the top. You're right below him. And then here's all the managers and every and all the employees. And then if she's not on the list, he's like, this is weird. And she just comes out of nowhere and just applies to be a, an inquisitor or whatever, or a third sister, blah, blah, blah. So I'm saying like, if he didn't know of her existence, he must have thought something was up. Like, oh, this, you know what I mean? Well, what? and and I, I, that's the, actually that does make a lot of sense because, in a way, because you have to add in a way because I was bullshitting after <laughs> that. Oh, I I I, well, I knew that. <laughs> I figure he also probably learned about her background because a lot of the kids that they picked up from the you know a lot of the inquisitors and I mean the the titles those are just titles. So I mean you have third sister. I think there's twelve titles total if I remember correctly. But you know, there's twelve there's twelve positions of Inquisitor, and then there's Grand Inquisitor. But they basically a lot of the the, the Inquisitors came from 
you know, maybe fallen Padawans at the temple, kind of abandoned for sensitive children, for sensitive children they picked up. So, I mean, I, I'm sure you have maybe have to have some background of where they came from to begin with to start training them and moving them up the ranks to hunt down their own kind. Kind of weird though, like if you're one, right? Why are you killing the younglings? Like, why don't you just like take them and train them to be Sith? Like in general. You can't have too many Sith. They will turn on each other. Which is exactly. Rule of two. So I think that's the whole, that's the that's big thing right there. Bad, like, that's just a bad business model. You need you to either, stop, you have have two... your business trip, by the way. <laughs> so no. You have two options with younglings. They either become a Sith and they challenge you as a Sith. Or they become a Jedi and they try to kill you because you're a Sith. So either way, it's bad news if you're Palpatine. Yeah, but that's the whole, you put up a really good point there, Alex, is it's like, it's DTA. It's don't trust anybody. Like, like you can't trust any. It's the old Steve Austin adage. So you can't trust anybody. I mean, Vader could like, like the emperor essentially is like, oh yeah, Vader, kill your son. Even though he's like a quasi father figure to Vader. He's like, yeah, kill your son. And then he's like, but you know, it's like, they're always toying with each other. They're just evil pieces of shit. So none of them really trust each other. So he's thinking, he's like, she's a youngling. She could have been in there, so he doesn't trust anyone, and he just saw how much of a climber she was. And, you know, also, she's so emotional, he probably could have just read her thoughts, and, you know, she thought she was being real cool, and he's just like, oh, yeah, she's she's gonna, she's gonna, like everyone, they want my position, so they're gonna try and kill me? Okay. I'll just kill you anyway. So, I think he, I think he, I think he's the type of guy who's a strategist, of like, everyone's out to get me, except for Palpatine. So, I'm going to know my know my people i have around me that i can kill at any time or if they succeed great if they don't i'll kill them and i just you know he probably figured it out because he's just a distrustworthy person and that's how he stays in power well and in the comics too there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth the comics really i think capture vader's struggle with with transitioning from anakin to vader i mean there's a whole thing where he goes and visits padme's grave regularly and just um, but there's always a tension there. And even again, the video games between Vader and Palpatine, because if you think about Palpatine's rise to power, he killed his, he killed his master <laughs> at that point. I mean, he killed his own master, um, Darth Plagueis. So, I mean, it, 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 there's always that tension there. And that's why I feel like Palp, even Palpatine, I'm sure probably just kept eyes on Vader knowing that Vader could easily have just killed him. <laughs> yeah well and even in revenge of the sith like yeah they like the as soon as anakin is turned he goes to obi-wan is like we'll kill the emperor and we'll rule together <laughs> so there's not a lot of loyalty there no no but let's let's move on to let's move on to our next segment where we talk about stuff that we didn't like in a segment we like to call oh just like you trained his father because sassy uncle owen is the best <laughs> And, and hopefully we get him in the final episode. So let's talk about what the what didn't work in this episode for you guys. What was something, whether it was a performance, whether it was just a you know a scene or a plot hole um, or a, a lightsaber hole through someone's stomach? Uh, what didn't work for you guys? I had one and it completely left my brain. Uh, Al, what is, what what didn't work for you in this episode? Uh, so it both worked and didn't work. Uh, Tala's death. Um, was uh, very emotional, very, I, I actually, like, besides the scenes we already mentioned, I loved the entire, like, oh, getting yeah. pushed back battle scene. Uh, I thought that was cool, seeing uh, the uh, robot guy, 
the droid dude uh from you know the big hulking one his name is uh, ned right ned, ned. Yeah, yeah seeing ned sacrifice himself like that was all great and everything but it was literally like the thing that bothered me and made me laugh too was like all right this this woman that obi-wan obviously had a connection with sacrifices herself and he's like all right thank you so much all right i'm gonna go back the way i came and just <laughs> surrender i was like that was fucked up it would have been it would have been better i think if he had gone through that door like watched the sacrifice and then like reva was on the other side of the door i think that would have been better right um it just kind of kind of messed up that uh her sacrifice gets kind of wasted almost two minutes later. Oh, I, I figured out mine. Why would you let a child go fix wires? And she took goddamn forever. It was just like, have you fixed the wires? No. And she's just doing the same thing. I'm just like, he was the only one uh, small enough. Small enough. Yeah, and, yeah, uh-huh. and, and we know that she has like uh, an interest in like ships and technology and shit. Cool. She and because you know STEM Anakin, careers, guys. Yeah, Anakin <laughs> was good at that age with robots yeah, and that's stuff. Awesome. So that's that's really yeah, cool. He, she he took so long that like twenty five people just ate it, including he the built. lady. She to liked. be fair, oh. to be fair, O'Shea Jackson Jr. said it was going to take three hours to fix, and then Obi Wan was like, "You have one." Or was like, "Is this a <laughs> heist way, movie all of a sudden?" I uh, fucking hate. <laughs> The trope of asking how long it's going to take and then saying you have cutting yes, it. I, know, but he was, he I hate it so better. much, too. No, no, no. Yes, I get that. But the way he was just, I just love the immediacy of his answer. It's like, how long do you need? We have three hours. Okay, you have one hour. We're going to go do some stuff now. And I'm just like, he. It, I liked it because it was cut and dry, Obi-Wan. But it's the like laziest writing. It's, it's so it's yeah, it's such a bad trope. But I like and also no one in the real world has ever said that if you if you need it to be done in an hour, you don't say how long can you get it done? Oh, you have to do it in an hour. You would just say do it in an hour, right? Well, like yeah. Yeah. also if I'm a professional in anything and I tell You're you not. that it's gonna take three hours. Yeah, you can't just and magically you, be like, you have to do it in a third of the time. Like, I can't. I just yeah, told like, you. It's well, not like, I mean, it's, it's not like, the whole oh, problem you know with what? War. We went you over what? It actually hours only, on a it only takes an hour, but uh, I was going to have a two hour lunch break in the middle of it. I'll <laughs> skip that. Like, what, the, what are we doing here? Well, yes. I mean, but I, so I, given I, that, they yeah, fixed care. it really fast. I, it, given just, that. it just when they kept cutting back to it, it just kept like dead stopping this, the scenes for me. I'm just like, I get it. She can't find it where's the stupid robot she's gonna fix i'm just like just do it it's just like how and also how did she not see the robot like it was just the it was so the red light wires. right in front of her behind yeah. like the three wires I, I don't understand how she didn't notice it there for so long it that whole scene was just like uh could, could, i felt like we needed to cut one of those uh scenes of cutting back to her not knowing what she was doing or not finding it because it was one less would have worked it was like she's looking. Give it a little bit more, a little bit more time, and then it was like, okay. Then we cut back. She's looking, looking. Robot. Okay, I found it. Here we go. Okay, we could. We didn't need the third time going back to her. It was a little annoying. Uh, that's. I mean, if that's my biggest complaint, I mean, that's pretty good. So, uh, Alex, uh, just like his father. So for me, your sassy uncle. So- <laughs> As I've said, the thing that I love most about this show has been the Obi-Wan character, which is good because it's his show, but that's not always the case with these shows. Um, for instance, Boba Fett. Uh, but uh, I really, I've really enjoyed uh, Ewan's performance, and I really like the way that each episode feels like you're progressing his arc in a way that feels very thoughtful. 
except for this episode where I felt like I couldn't really track what he was thinking or what his like plan was for almost the entire second half of the episode. Like Al said, there's this whole sequence where like they're all running through the cave and they're trying to get out and then and then, you know, his companion sacrifices herself to save him and then he just immediately is like, "Okay, well I'm actually going to I'm going to uh, you know, give myself up. Like couldn't you have done that before if that was what your plan was?" Okay, fine, we'll allow that. So then he gives himself up. He talks to Reaver through the door for a while and is like, "You need to join us. Like together we can destroy Darth Vader." And she doesn't exactly agree, but it seems like he's making some headway there. And then he just immediately like gets on a ship and leaves her to destroy Darth Vader. Amanda, what was your least favorite part? I was tough because I, I really enjoyed this this whole episode, but I, I have to agree with Leia fixing. Like, I like that she was the one who went in and, f- and fixed it. It's nice to see a girl doing, you, you really don't see that. You don't see female characters doing a lot of technology. So I, I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, but I feel like she was wasted. And I feel like the relationship, you, know, the, the, you, you, you were having this arc where you, you're starting to see this relationship build between her and Obi-Wan. And, you know, especially with the way the last episode ended, you know, yeah. you had the very poignant moment and then there was nothing to that. You know, I felt like she was wasted in this episode. She's a, she's a great little actress. Like, I, I like her. So this is the first time she just kind of took a back seat and then there was like nothing until she shows up on the boat or the boat, well, the ship. Um, <laughs> but um, but that, that was something... I wasn't crazy about. And then I really feel like the same thing about Reba. Like I thought it was in terms of Obi-Wan just leaving her. I was like, that's not a very Jedi thing to do. You know, you basically, you you used this person to uh, be a distraction and potentially, you know, obviously she nearly died or it died. We, We don't know yet. I think she's nearly dead or at least left for dead. It doesn't seem like a very Jedi thing to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just wow. was kind of, it just was kind of odd. It was odd character development for, for Obi-Wan. And, you know, I, I agree with Alex's comments on, on how, you know, Obi-Wan's behavior was with this episode and in terms of his, his battle planning, because when you, again, and I, I think I get where he's coming from, because if you're, you're watching something like the Clone Wars and Obi-Wan comes across as this very, uh, you know, this excellent tactician, this battle tactician, yeah. um, I'm like, you know, at the end, you see the signs of that. You know, he tricks he tricks Vader um, with the, the sec, uh, you know, kind of duping him with the ships. But where was that battle? I mean, he led tens of thousands of clones on the battlefield. You know, it, it's it's. I'm sure you can probably put a, a little bit more effective of a battle strategy in place um, to fight stormtroopers. Uh, you know, it, wasn't you're a war the, general. Yeah, but isn't the whole thing? And I'm just thinking out loud. It wasn't the whole sure. thing like they were saying, like, this is like the, the seeds of the resistance. So they're just like, they're just like people who just happen to have guns and they're just trying. This know? is true. But Obi-Wan is used to leading. That's true. And, and you, you, I mean, as a leader, as a, as a war general, because I mean, they're calling him General Kenobi yeah. in the whole, the whole series. You're used to, you work with what you got and you do a better job stretching what resources you know you you have so he seems a little seems a little kind of rushed you know putting putting a plan together and it just kind of it kind of dimmed his character a little bit for me but then again you know i kind of look at it as um he's been in hiding for 10 years and you're rusty coming into battle but you know back into a battle environment you didn't want to come into a battle environment so 
Um, so those are, again, those are very small. Those are very small things, you know, it, it, you know, but I just really would have wanted to see a little more of the Leia Ben relationship, especially since that seems like it's wrapping up. Yeah, because I, I agree because it just seems like we're going to go to Luke now and you're not going to put Leia and Luke back together. Although I, I've seen on the internet and someone totally could have Photoshopped this that like the last episode is going to be like well over an hour, close to an hour and a half. I heard like an hour and a half, but then I think it was like a 30 minute Q and a, um, oh, okay. So, so it could be over an hour in Canada. I think it was oh. maybe something coming out yeah. of Canada. I think that's but, why yeah. our friend Kyle yeah. from Canada sent me that. Ah. That's why he's like, I'm going to movies to see this. I'm like, all right, well, enjoy. So, so two, two things real quick before we get to the next segment. One, my dog is, my dog is crazy. The first thing is I thought it was odd and we can add this to the list of things I like didn't like was um, Vader is um, literally preventing a ship from like going into hyper hyperspace He's escaping essentially escaping yeah. awesome so cool showing how powerful he is the thing that bothered me was like that's when you attack him when he's distracted by holding a ship don't wait until he's done doing that to say ah oh, maybe i should try to hit him with a lightsaber that was terrible terrible timing on her part well um, I, I think that's part of the thing is that I, I I like I wonder if did Obi-Wan overestimate her powers no no no, did, no 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 he, he did not he did mm-hmm. everything no. that we've been talking to so far is it like him using her as a way to escape all of that kind of stuff like you're dead on she's an idiot oh she, yeah yeah they, I'm saying she's a big dum-dum for the worst timing ever that's one thing second thing is when is it revealed in canon or is this something that has been left up to interpretation? Um, when is Vader made aware that he has a son and daughter? Oh, good question. Isn't it not until after the first movie? That's who, what I thought. Who reveals it? A new Hope. Well, like he, he knows- senses Luke, and I think right. he figures it out, right? That Luke so it's his- all up to interpretation. That's what I thought, too. So yeah. it could be revealed in this episode that he I, has at least one kid because doesn't the like doesn't like the text in front of empire strikes back like say that vader figured it out in between the two movies May, yeah i That's think what i yeah, thought I, yeah because i feel like he, he no figured, it's not revealed till the end of empire no no, no he reveals no, it's revealed to luke, to luke and the end of empire, empire. so right. it's told to us in the beginning of empire I what is in the, the opening script well, it says like he's searching for like he it, like it says that he's like searching for Luke because he's figured out that there's like something special about him yeah right? because when he's and then it's revealed to, at the end what that special thing is it's that it's his son yeah because he he feels the force when he's trying when they're in the the first death star right. scene he feels uh present the presence of the force again even though obi-wan is whispering to luke it's the force so he's feeling this and he's like there's something i said i'm not quoting it verbatim but it's like there's something different here there's so there's something yeah. special about this one too bad i'll have to kill him uh but i think uh because i talked about hubris for four and a half hours with alex uh i um th- still think that that was reva was just trying to get her moment and that's an, another thing i felt like anakin would have done would have been like, yes. I'm going to take this. Here is my dramatic moment for revenge with my yeah. monologue. And I'm going to kill you with my spinning lightsabers. It's like, 
you just should have narked him when he had the chance, like right in the back, like just go it Shakespearean style instead of just trying to make this grand entrance. So that's why I don't think she was dumb. I think she was trying to just it was hubris it was it was really just like yeah. this. i'm my feeling myself this is my yeah. moment and she was impulsive life. i yeah. was about to say uh, yeah. same thing it's yeah. it's i mean they call her that the whole as you go how many times was she called impulsive the first episode you're impulsive you're reckless you're this and that's just you know, all of her all of her co-workers yeah. have nothing but bad reports yeah no it's it's i really it's I would love to see like a an office drama that would just with the empire, just like how everyone's just really catty and just like just a lot of back talk and just like <laughs> the closest we'll ever get was uh what is it when um Adam Driver was on Saturday Night Live and they did the, the undercover, <laughs> the undercover boss. boss. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Did everyone get out uh their their air their uh air their grievances uh, about um what they didn't like and as i said grievous as a joke to star wars yay for me uh let's get into uh our listen none of them ever land uh so what we're gonna do is get into our next segment which is uh anakin skywalker's alive which was the big reveal the big twist of for obi-wan and this is our tinfoil hat and prediction segment where we're going to talk about our finale now i'm going to I'm going to put out a question to everyone to answer with this, and you can answer it second because I'm answering you on the fly. Is do we see a season two? Do you predict that? We'll talk about this next episode too, but the way we've set it up so far, will there be a season, definitive season two of Obi Wan Kenobi? So, thoughts, predictions. Um, Amanda, I'm going to start with you since you always have a ton of these and you, you always pick up little things. I do have a question for you before you start. Is okay. There's a moment where Obi Wan sees all these lightsabers, and he sees a uh, like a, a, a black, a brown robe. What's the significance of those sabers? The lightsabers and the Jedi cloak were from from some of the the, the fallen Jedi that the Inquisitors have killed. And there's Easter eggs on the wall. So my my tinfoil prediction is I think we're still going to get Quinlan Boss in some way, shape, or form. Because there's two Easter eggs on that wall that I'm like, come on, Quin Quinlan Watch is still there, um, and. The, one is his quote, which has appeared twice so far. Um, this is his quote was on the first, um, or the, was it episode three? I think when they're going through yes. the path that Obi-Wan says, yeah. uh, he reads the quote out loud and it's still there. The light fades, but it's never forgotten. It is a Quinlan Voss quote. Um, and one of the names on the wall, the most, the most consistent one that I've seen is actually Corwin Shelby, um, who comes out in the RPG Galaxy Guide 9, Fragments of the Rim. He is a Jedi who is nearly turned because <laughs> his master dies saving him from the Empire. That's been the most consistent name on the wall. But the other one that caught my attention was her name was Eric Ekria, and it's E-K-R-I-A. She was Ayla Sekera's Padawan. And Ayla was Quinlan Voss's Padawan. So I'm like, come on, Quinlan. <laughs> I love him. He's so great. If you've never read Dark Disciple, read the book. It is wonderful. I have a crush on Quinlan. He's my he's my Jedi kind of bad boy. Um, kind of got all the, the side like the 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 dirty Jedi jobs that they don't talk about, but the edgy one with the the attitude. Yeah, <laughs> he would be a great wrestler, by the way. He has that like. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, we always bring um, him back. But but that's that's my my tenfold hat. Some of the other names that came out. So I said Corwin Shelby, uh, Tiberius Androck. Androck. Um, he was actually kind of a minor 
kind of character is a human Jedi pilot who comes out in Star Wars Galaxies, Jump to Lightspeed, which was the expansion pack for Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided. So if you're a video game nerd, there are those two. Um, and then uh, Drake Logan, if you are a webcomic fan for um, Star Wars, uh, I think it was um, Reversal of Fortune. He was a Padawan who decided to take on Darth Vader and did not win. But there's some Easter eggs. Those are some of the names that came out on the wall. Nice. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this, Amanda, since you know so much about all of these Jedi. Uh, is there anything that makes you feel like a little disappointed to know that so many of these Jedi appear to still be alive and well in the galaxy, given the magnitude of what Order 66 was in canon previously, where it was pretty much assumed that almost all of them were killed, right? And we know that a couple of them survived, but there's like a real scarcity and all of these Easter eggs feel like it's kind of suggesting that actually there's a lot of them out there. I'm, I don't know if I'm disappointed in as much as I think it's pretty cool that, because a lot of these names are not canon. Um, so I think it's really neat that, you know, Disney is moving towards making some of these, like the books, um, and making like these characters in the video games, um, more canon and you're kind of getting this blend. I mean, it is to an extent because you really are led to believe, especially in the original, yeah. um, trilogy that, you know, Luke is it. Yeah. Um, and, and of course that's where we have the whole with Mando and kind of that whole arc, um, but at the same time, it leaves the door open to other galaxies. I mean, and of course, there were other Jedi. I mean, Kanan was a Kanan Jarrus is around for a little bit. We follow Ezra Bridger. Um, so I, but I also think this is an exciting opportunity to explore other areas and give Star Wars new life other than just kind of relying on the Skywalker. Because there's only so much you can tell at the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting there. Even if you hit the comics, even if you hit the video games, at a certain point, you're going to run out of credible Star War or Skywalker content that's not going to, you know, mess with canon. Yeah, and I also and, think people are probably going to start to get tired of the Skywalkers. I exactly. think a lot of people Skywalker already fatigue. are starting to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, so I really feel like it's it's cool that, you know, and and again, these, these, these Jedi may not survive later on mm -hmm. um, or whatnot, but at least you have the opportunity to kind of, to, to, to have different stories told. So I'm here for it and it keeps Star Wars alive and it give, gives us um, new worlds other than Tatooine um, <laughs> yeah, that's my big to, to explore. So I'm, I'm here for it. I, I you know, again, I, I'm hoping we get Quinlan Boss. I really, really am. But I wonder <laughs> with some of the stuff, the Easter eggs you're talking about, if those were just Easter eggs and those characters, because we maybe you, you could make jump that the, those lightsabers are of those who have fallen and that it's stuff that was on the wall. They're already dead. It's possible. Well, that's it, that's it, true. It could be. Um, and, I, and I also think it's it's a little bit of love. I don't know if necessarily that these names are going to tie into anything. I think maybe a little bit of love because, I mean, you know, Dave Filoni, he's such a fan of the yeah. universe. And I, I feel like these are just little like here's some love for the other parts of Star Wars other than the movies and the TV shows. Like here's a little love for the video games. Here's a little love for the comics. I, I think it's, I think these are like little loving eggs left for us um, as like the, like super hardcore fans <laughs> that, that we, uh, that, that we get a little love and it's cool. And that makes sense because <laughs> if you think about the, just the, the sheer amount of time between Jedi and even Phantom Menace, it was just Star Wars existed in books and some video yeah. games so it's just like those hardcore star wars fans that 
kept the the ip alive and like rich enough to be like let's let's do more you know with movies and stuff there was demand for star wars content it wasn't just this piece of nostalgia i think is pretty cool too because i remember the uh the books like um empire oh christ the timothy zahn books those yes those three huge after star wars because it was like finally we get something (laughs) and i remember reading at least one and a half so amanda my question is as far as this season has gone so far, and we'll probably get a more definitive answer next week, do you believe that there will be an Obi or is enough con- material? And do you believe there will be an, uh, an, an Obi Wan season two? So I think there could be, but it's going to be another short season. I think it's going to be another short, you know, six. I could even see like a four. <laughs> I, I, I could see something very, very brief. Um, yeah, so I, I think there there is, but I, I feel like we're going to get more of the mixed. I don't think it's going to be purely Kenobi. Interesting. It, like Kind of like, you know, with Boba Fett, like it kind of turned into this hodgepodge of, of everybody intersecting. I could see them doing that with the show and launching like Ahsoka. You could bring her in, um, you know, and start and start kind of you know, building her bridge. You could even right. bring Grogu in if you really wanted to, um, you know, and kind of throw, you know, even though you don't really want them to intersect, but you could, there's, there's you could, they'll probably find some way to do it. Um, <laughs> whether it's a young Din Djarin somewhere or whatnot. Um, but I mean, and, and I, so I think, I think you could, right. and I think you could see, you know, again, maybe a small launch pad for some of the other projects. They, they have in the works maybe even a little bit of and or you know kind of or maybe even tying it to like bad batch or something like that so i i could see it being used in that capacity probably more so than straight up kenobi content al i'm gonna wake you up from the back to tank and i'm gonna because brother you you seem like you need it you, i didn't even think you got a haircut for this trip yet uh, I did. <laughs> oh, it looks, it's gone oh man it looks terrible no okay <laughs> um it's just a, it's just a joke you're a beautiful man i love you dearly but get that foil out give me with some theories and thoughts okay so the, the 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 theory that i'm starting to kind of formulate right now i think we'll get a second season and i think the reason we're going to get a second season is big tinfoil hat i think we get mace windu <gasps> i think we get a mace i think we get a mace windu reveal um but is he a scroll <laughs> i joke at everything it'd be a scroll <laughs> Could be a scroll. Who knows? Uh, no, I, I, I truly believe we'll get him because it's again, it's going to just expand upon questions that we've had, like like Boba Fett, right? Post you know, years and years, decades at this point of like where what has happened to this character, and I think it'd be kind of cool. He was electrocuted and fell out of a window. What could possibly have happened to him? I'm sorry. <laughs> Wanda had like a, a mountain dropped on her. Nobody. But she's oh, magic. She's literally magic. Spoil it for me. Or the Jedi. They're literally multiverse. Magic. Multiverse, though. Yeah. Magic. Jedi's literally magic. So my question for you, Al. Actually, yeah. I, I've been thinking this since, since you've, you've. I think Mace has come up a couple of times. So let's say if Mace does show up, where does he fit in the universe? Like, where do you think he would fit in the Star Wars universe? Given there's like no mention of him. The buddy cop. The buddy the, cop Star Wars series content. We- it's the buddy cop Star Wars series we've always wanted with Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson. It'll be the greatest fucking series ever. <laughs> um, I'm not even kidding. I would love I, to I see would, I'm here for it. I, I would, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, I think that's my answer. But Al, where do you think he fits in? Um, I don't copy I mean, my answer. I, where do I seem fitting in? 
I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of like him, like leading some sort of resistance because he's kind of like, he was one of the first people to like, yeah. know, right. That shit yeah. was going to go South. So maybe he's kind of like the Nick Fury of the, of Ooh. the star Wars universe where he's trying to like, like, listen, it all has one eye. Listen, they, we, already, we already know, as Alex already said, of like, there's so many of them still alive or in hiding or that like Obi-Wan wasn't the only one, right? Like order 66 was like rough for the Jedi order, but. Yeah. And there were other Jedi temples yeah. too. So exactly. Uh, so, so Alex, um, Get get some get some of that uh, Reynolds rap and tell us like what do you think you know season two and like any theories you have about the finale or, or what, the great, greater Star Wars world. Okay, yeah, sure. So what I've so I listen to the Ringerverse every week in their coverage of the of the show. Great, great podcast. And uh, Joanna Robinson, who's one of the contributors there, mentioned that uh, she's heard that there's that they're considering doing a second season based on how successful this first season has been. And that if it was a second season, that it might end up being a some kind of a situation of like his cover story is that he is a hermit on Tatooine, but then because he just like lives in a cave most of the time, he could just like go off world and do stuff and no one would ever know he was gone. And so that that opens up a lot of possibilities. And I feel like where we're headed in this show, like his arc has been going from this person who is so consumed with shame and guilt over what happened that he feels like he needs to re- like just completely reject society, reject everything, just focus on the one thing that he is left to do so that way he can die basically that feels like where he's at at the beginning of the show and he's slowly coming to realize that he actually has a wider role to play that he can make a difference that he can atone for the mistakes of his past and that's the the arc that we've seen as he gets more and more involved with these rebels and the the decision in this episode where he decides okay i'm not gonna put up a fight about getting leia back to her parents I'm going to help and fight here now because these people do need it. And I'm not going to just put my kind of like selfish mission ahead of the greater rebellion that's forming. And so I think based on that, if that's where he is at the end of this show, it would make sense that he might want to go off world every once in a while on a covert mission uh, to try to like, you know, uh, mess some stuff up. But uh, so I could definitely see that happening. I think if it does happen though, it's something that's going to be years away because it's not something that's actively in the pipeline right now. So I think we're probably like three, four years from a second dose of this. Amanda has a thought here. I just, it just hit me. I wonder if the second season is going to be what they scrapped with this season with mall. Oh, because well, what I've heard is that like all the creators say that that rumor isn't true and that he was ah. that mall was never actually going to be in it. And that the, the Sam Whitworth thing was him like, being optimistic about the possibility but that but, that was never really on the table because they didn't want to disrespect what happened in rebels ray park ray park though posted pictures yeah. way ray back park, when ray park is also not a stable human being this is true oh i did this not know true. that i i was unaware yeah. of that <laughs> oh, oh yeah Look that up. yeah so, i don't know yeah. for sure but the reporting that i've seen has said that that wasn't actually ever on the table what the big change was was that it was going to be about obi-wan and luke like on the run protecting him from vader and then they decided to shift to leia instead because they felt number one it would be a little bit too much like the mandalorian and number two it it, 
doesn't mess with canon as much, right? Because the yeah. idea of if they were looking for Luke, then it's like, you know, Obi-Wan is a protector trying to protect Luke from being kidnapped. The interesting thing about the Leia switch is that they're not looking for Leia. They're just using Leia as a pawn to get to Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan is the thing that they're looking for throughout the show, which does help differentiate it a little bit with what we've seen before. So I think that was the main thing that they changed. Okay. But, but. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with in the finale. We're going to... The final battle will be Reva and Obi Wan. I don't think I don't think that's what's going to happen. What well, I think is going to happen I is going to happen. <laughs> I I think that Reva is going to go to Tatooine, right? But yeah. but uh, Kenobi is going to drop Leia off at Alderaan and then go and try to uh, distract Vader by going back to Mustafar because they've laid so often like Mustafar in like that's where his base is that's where he's from and like we've seen that register on Kenobi's face multiple times so I think that his move is going to be like I'm going to protect the discovery of Luke by distracting Vader and while that happens Reva no one knows is even alive anymore goes to Tatooine to try to figure out what the deal is with Luke and that is going to convince Uncle Owen that Obi-Wan should have something to do with Luke uh, in the future because even if Owen wants to protect him the universe is going to keep coming for him no matter what so that would that could so the reason I said that was because I thought because when Grand Inquisitor returned I'm like well there's your bad guy for season two and you still have the dude from Fast and Furious who's still hanging out who just goes you're impulsive <laughs> like i mean he's still around and then the woman who doesn't i talk, still will say that's benedict wong it, it looks I will still, <laughs> and, I mean, and as yeah. a fan of han from fast and furious that's straight up the dude from that's benedict wong i mean, I mean listen age affects all of us you know it comes for us all eventually trust me i know uh it so i i that's why I thought he would be the bad guy for season two. Although if you wanted to do it on the right, I, I still think the Luke Obi-Wan interaction is going to really mess with what, unless he's like, makes him forget, forget. Like he's like, like we're in men in black. He's <laughs> well, like, like Luke knows life. like in a new, in a new hope, Luke knows Obi-Wan. They're not like close friends or anything, but he knows him. He's aware of him. He crazy just doesn't old, know. Crazy like, old yeah, ben like, Kenobi, oh, ben right? Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. He has an awareness of him. Whereas like right now it seems like Owen is keeping Kenobi from him completely. Yeah, you could also, I always took that. For me, I was like, it's like he was the legend of Ben Kenobi. I was like, who's the crazy old guy who lives out there? He's like, it's like that crazy old guy you have in your neighborhood who really turns out to be a demon. But it's just like, <laughs> that's just my neighborhood. But um, so long story. Actually, there's no story. I made it up. And it's um, so like, it's like he's the legend of old Ben out in the Dune Sea. Not like he actually knows him. You know what I mean? He's like, Ben Kenobi? Like, maybe he does. But it's like, that's a really gray area i don't know if they want to play in that sandbox so that's why i still think maybe it's obi-wan on the run still being chased by the inquisitors and doing different stuff i don't think we've seen the last of camille nanjiani if definitely if we have a second season because that's just too good to pass up but i think we do get a second season i think i think reeve is going to eat it in the end um sadly yeah although she is a really good character and i wouldn't mind seeing her in more stuff but i also feel like if someone's got to go, it's going to be her because he already qu- killed the Inquisitor off once this season. So we might do it. You know, you don't want to kill that character off again because that's just like kind of devalues yeah. a fight. But so I think Reva could eat it in the end. <clears throat> but yeah, I do see season two definitely on the horizon. And I do like your theory, Amanda, of it just being like, especially after, and I keep saying this on different podcasts, like we saw how Stranger Things, you know, worked in our format episodes. If you did four hour long episodes, 
it's a good season and you could keep it tight and you could tell a good story so yeah i just like like the idea of obi-wan as like james bond of the star wars yeah. universe like that He's, has a lot of potential uh, i mean listen alec guinness before him when he was younger and more so you and mcgregor are just suave sons of bitches they could pull it off yeah so they pull it off i and that's I that's a good theory it. that's a good theory with the grand inquisitor being the main because, I mean, the Grand Inquisitor is chasing several people. I mean, eventually, of course, he winds up in Rebels, and that's where most people know him and Fifth Brother. But, yeah, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see what fills in the gaps. That's a good, like a James Bond dodging the Grand Inquisitor kind of thing. He's his Blofeld, because it turns out they're brothers. Nope. Oh, like shit. Blofeld, it, it, so. it, it, oh, man. <laughs> it turns out, oh, well, there's the other hanging thread. Remember, he says, oh, I had a brother. Yeah, it could be right. and if, but if it was the Grand Inquisitor, I feel like that'd be just a little cheap. Uh, who, do you th- who would you guys cast as Obi Wan's brother that he finds in season two of Obi Wan? Uh, Hugh Jackman. I feel like oh. it has to be a younger brother. All right, well, it killed that one. Uh, younger brother. Oh, that's really hard. That is really hard on the spot. <laughs> that's really again. hard. I have to think about that. All right, like he'd be in like his forties, probably. You know, it would be me um obviously sure <laughs> christ that would be such an improvement in my professional career uh but anyway <laughs> we'll think about that at the end who would play obi-wan kenobi's brother we'll think yeah. about that one in fact you know what if you're listening to this you can uh comment because no one comments on the podcast you could comment and let us know who you think obi-wan kenobi who could play him that'd be great but let's get into our final segment where we rate the episode on a scale of one to ten al as always please pick a something we're rating this on of course we've done sassy uncle owens uh which is my personal favorite we've done uh you know lopped off alien arms back to tanks we've done everything so al on the spot what do you got buddy we are rating this week's episode um one to ten uh, destroyed ships one to ten destroyed ships okay Just so ripped apart just, just destroyed by Vader. banged up. So, uh, Alex, give us your rating on a scale of one to ten. You've you've been here before, and then just give us your overall thoughts on the episode, and we'll put it to bed. Yeah, uh, I'd say probably like five and a half wow. broken strips. I think. Just. I think it's definitely a bit of an improvement from the episode that we just had before. But I just kept thinking about how if this was a two hour and fifteen minute movie, like episode four would have been a 20 minute high sequence like infiltrating the base and getting out and then this would have been like another 20 minute like action set piece to set up the third act and i feel like it would have moved so much better if it was like that and i almost wish that we would have just had a shorter runtime where it could have had more of a dynamic feel we wouldn't keep cutting back to different people and moving people around the chessboard a little bit arbitrarily uh and it would have just been a lot cleaner and we would have had a cleaner idea of like where how this actually informs the arc and sets things up moving forward so that's why these two episodes together haven't really worked super well for me but i do think this is the better of those two episodes uh, for me, I'm going to give this a seven. The reason I give this a seven is one, I thought the action was really well done in this. I did love the usage of Vader here and reaffirming him as this pure evil incarnate. But I also, as uh, I believe many of you had said before, uh, your favorite part was, or Alex, I can't, re- I can't remember because you know from 20 minutes ago, uh, was the flashback. I thought the flashback and the use of Anakin, because I feel it's such a redemption for Hayden Christensen in this, in within this world, he was universally hated in this role, and I think this was just like such a great moment to have him in in this great cat, you know, this great 
back and forth between him and you and McGregor. It was, it was excellent. I love him in the suit. I think he's doing great. And this was a moment like, Hey, I was really hard on him as in that too. I didn't like him as Anakin. I, those dialogue was terrible. And there's, he didn't like sand. Great. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Uh, but I thought this was a lot better than that. And I just, I think it gives us a lot of hope and positivity moving into the finale. Also, if you want a good hating Christensen movie, Shattered Glass. That is a very good movie, I think, especially for journalists. Um, people might disagree, but that's my pick. So um, who has not gone? You know, Amanda, you'll go last. Al, one to ten wreck ships. Uh, I think eight, eight and a half range wreck ships. I thought this was definitely a return to form. Uh, most fun I had with the series since episode three. I think was probably the best of the them so far, but this one was really great. We got to see more badass Vader, which I'm a big fan of. So uh, yeah, eight and a half. Let's go to eight and a half. And Amanda, take us home. Your overall thoughts on wreck ships. I'm going to say seven and a half wreck ships. Um, definitely loved the pacing of this episode in terms of compared to last week's episode. I was like, okay, we got more action. We got we got some more. We got more Vader. Um, and, and again, I really love that we got, we had Anakin, um, you know, again, I'm going to echo your comments, Bill, because it was a definitely a redemption for Hayden Christensen. And again, props to that makeup department. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> and their lightsaber scene, the, that whole little battle that they were having. I was like, this is great guys. Like we got a whole other, other than just the, you know, revenge of the Sith battle of Mustafar, we got some good lightsaber action. Um, but for, you know, for me, it, it, it wasn't like an eight or a nine because again, I, I feel like the episode suffered. It just completely almost dropped um, the Leia yeah. Obi-Wan connection. And that's what was making these episodes so, so special. You, you were getting that, um, you know, you were getting that, that um, relationship building happening. And so, and just how significant, you know, again, Leia names her son, Ben. That's a, that's a really, you know, that's a really, really touching thing. So um and and yeah, there were there were a few a few plot holes, but again, I, I enjoyed this overall. And I, you know, hearing about Reva's background and the confirmation that she was the youngling, um, that was okay. really neat. And you know, again, just getting getting Vader in fine form here with the, the whole ship holding thing. Yeah, there's just I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. And but there were a few there were a few things, but I still enjoyed this much much better than the last episode. All right, guys, that does it for the penultimate episode of Sith Happens. Before we get out of here, what we're going to do is we're going to plug our social media, but also give a pop culture recommendation for everyone to check out. Um, since I'm talking now, I'll just go first because I want to get my pick in first because I'm a dick. Uh, and that is Miss Marvel. If you're not watching this show, yes. my God, it is so good. It's so, so good. good. It is like... And I hate this adjective, but I'm going to use it here. It's just nice show. And like nice is like the blast word, but it has this warm feeling to it. It's just, it, you just love the world that you're in. Any show that gives that much love to the music of the patron saint of my neighborhood, John Bon Jovi. Um, I live literally by the John Bon Jovi rest stop. It is a mile from my house. Um, that amount of love they give to it in episode two is fantastic. Um, it, uh, 
everything. The performances are wonderful. The visuals are dazzling. Um, I'm so intrigued where this series is going. The music choices are phenomenal. And it really just, um, I'm watching this with my daughter who is seven and she has no, it's like opening her eyes to different, not only just different cultures and religions and also totally getting her to be a Marvel nerd, which is amazing. So this is, I, I thank Marvel and everyone behind us for giving me a show I watch with, I could watch from start to finish with my daughter every week, not just fast forwarding to the parts where baby Yoda's in and yay uh or bet dad why are you always watching wrestling so miss marvel is no matter the age is a wonderful show you should be catching every week on disney plus because you know we always plug disney plus on here so and as for me i'm at bodkin writes um i recently did a 2500 word (laughs) essay on uh wrestling so go check that out i do have um shit i didn't dvr i'm going to be reviewing the Old Man, the new uh, FX series with Jeff Bridges. I also have a Stranger Things piece coming out real soon. And then Alex and I have a two-part Bill versus the MCU episode coming out where we talk a lot about stuff. I'm sure Alex will bring you up to date on that. But follow me at Bob Grinch. Check out the popbreak.com every single day. We're, we're shooting tons of concerts. We've got movies, music, all sorts of great stuff. Thepopbreak.com, at the pop break on Twitter, at the pop break on Instagram. Alex, you're the guest of honor. You've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, so I'll I'll start with the plugs to just jump on yours because uh, yes, that Bill versus MCU it is going to be two episodes. It's going to be dropping Tuesday and Saturday of next week uh, because we covered Ragnarok, we covered Infinity War, we covered Black Panther, and we covered Ant Man and the Wasp, and that was way too ambitious. We should have uh, <laughs> not bitten off so much, but it's a really fun episode, even in two parts. So I hope you guys check that out. Um, as I said, I also you can follow my film podcast Cinema Joe's at Cinema Joe's on Twitter and all major podcast platforms our most recent episode like i said is on return of the jedi we got we got um uh, a doctor strange in the multiverse of madness episode that came up a couple weeks ago we have a summer preview episode that came up two weeks ago that was really fun where we walk you through the entire summer movie calendar uh so lots of fun stuff to check out over there uh and also uh tv break the podcast that i do with bill and uh TV columnist Josh Janaki. uh we're right in between episodes right now that comes out the first uh wednesday of every month so definitely check out uh, everything that we have over there. Um, as for my pop culture recommendation, I'm, well, I concur that Miss Marvel is excellent and I really have been enjoying the first two episodes, uh, but I wanted to uh, do something that is uh, way less nice uh, and more harrowing. And that is a miniseries that just wrapped up on HBO Max called The Staircase, Ooh. which is excellent like so so good and it's based on this like very famous true crime documentary from the early 2000s uh you might be like well haven't we gotten a million and one miniseries about true crime stuff over the last six months and yes you have but this is probably the best one uh it took a lot of convincing to get me to watch it because i was feeling really burnt out on the true crime stuff but this really really is worth your time the cast is insane uh, it stars Colin Firth, Tony Collette, Michael Stuhlberg, uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is surprised. I've never seen acts before. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Schreiber's son. He looks exactly what Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kennedy would look like. Uh, and he's actually very good. <laughs> uh, it also so stars. Very uh, ugly. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, uh, also, it also has uh, Sophie Turner, Odessa Young, uh, Dane DeHaan, uh, even Juliette Binoche, acting legend, uh, Parker Posey, what? Rosemary Duet. Yeah, this cast is so stacked. Yep. Everybody gets so much to chew on. Uh, and you're like, well, but it's based off of a documentary. I could just watch the documentary. A cool thing about this show, it covers basically 16 years from basically the three months leading up to the murder uh, to the entire kind of court proceedings and the retrials and all the stuff and the the documentary crew is a cast our cast members in the show it really kind of talks about how that documentary informs so much stuff uh that's the juliette binoche character is was the editor for the documentary and uh i don't want to say it's a spoiler because it's it's, real life she she fell in love with the main character colin firth who is accused of murdering his wife uh while editing the documentary and then became a huge advocate for him to try to get out of jail it's a really wild story and and colin firth is giving honestly he's i'm a huge fan of his i've loved so many of his performances this i think is by far the best performance he's ever had like without wow. a doubt. Oh, so it's wow. really you everyone has to watch this show. It's man. it's so excellent. More than a single man? Oh, cause that one is that's awesome. A single man is one of my all time favorite movies. I saw it in theaters and I had to watch two dozen people slowly walk out of it as they realized it was about a gay person, which is like, what did you think it was about? Yeah. But yeah, I <laughs> I've loved that movie for years. I've gotten everybody to watch it. This is a better performance than that. Wow, that's a that's saying something. That's wow. a really great movie. Because he's really playing against type in this, too. He's like, he's such a likable actor that I just didn't think it was possible for him to play someone that I think is just a truly awful human being without any redeeming qualities. And that's who Michael Peterson is, the character that he's playing. (laughs) He's like, there's charisma to him. And it's like, you see how he can really kind of seduce people into his sphere of influence, but then be truly a terrible person. And the show, like, it doesn't try to answer the question of whether he killed his wife or not, which is kind of the central question. It kind of presents all of the information and it uh, kind of projects a couple of different theories of what could have happened, including one very infamous one involving an owl uh, that you'll have to watch yeah. the show to find out about. Yeah, 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 I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what you really walk away with feeling is like, you don't know for sure whether he killed his wife, but you do know that he is a truly horrible person. Uh, and that's, I think, probably the more important thing in the long run. So yeah, really, really excellent show. Everyone should check it out. And all, ep- all eight episodes are on HBO Max now to stream. Alfred, you look like you're ready to pass out, but uh, I know it's great on an audio <laughs> podcast to say. Um, uh, where uh, You've shot a lot of cool stuff recently. Uh, yes. So tell people where they can find all that and then give us your very, uh, which I think will be a very obvious pop culture recommendation. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just uh, I just covered Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers at the Stone Pony, uh, Coldplay at MetLife Stadium. Uh, let's see, Interpol at the Met turnstile at uh, the Fillmore. Uh, you can see the first two that I mentioned on nj.com. You can see the other two on the popbreak.com. Um, you can follow me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. What? Oh, you sell out. What? I made a TikTok. You're the I worst. The worst. I, I almost, I hate it almost as much as you do. So um, maybe, yeah, you can follow me on those. I will be posting probably a bunch from France on the first two, probably not the, the, the TikTok, but I will definitely be uh, posting uh, my adventures in France uh, when I leave for Cannes uh, Saturday. So for the next week, you can follow my adventures there. 
Al will not be joining us next week for anyone who's still listening. We will have yeah. uh, we'll have a well, it's going to be a, a bit of a time difference, so it'd be pretty yeah. tough. Substitute host, which I have to figure out who that's going to be. Uh, You'll have to send in your thoughts though that Bill can read in a dramatic yes. voice. Ooh, that's a good Please. idea. Please, yeah, uh, I'll read it in a dramatic voice. All right, Al, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your pop culture recommendation? Oh, yeah, I'll do. I'll, I'll do it very quick because I'm I'm not finished with it. But the uh, second season, I believe I've recommended this show before. The second season of Hacks on HBO Max, another HBO yes. recommendation. Hacks is fucking awesome. Just got renewed for a third season. Such a great show. One of the funniest things you can watch on television right now. Absolutely adore it. Uh, yeah, go check it out. It's uh, it's great. Not what I thought you were going to pick. All right. Thought I agree, by the way. I also think that Hacks, the second season of Hacks was phenomenal. I have no, I'm a harsh critic with, with you numbers, but I would give it a 10 out of 10 on that season. It's I think a it's a perfect great, season of TV. It's a great show. Bill, what did you think I was going to say? Uh, I thought you were going to say either the new song from Phoenix or the season finale or Barry season three. Okay. I Go. will say Barry season three. Yes. But I think I mentioned Barry before it, it for the Phoenix stuff, because people know that I'm obsessed with this band, it, it's it's like like the last I would say going back a month, but I'll say even just the last couple of days, it is like Al Music Fest because new song from Phoenix, new song and album announcement from Young the Giant, new song and album announcement from Two Door Cinema Club, from Weezer. And then uh there was another one. I was just like, this is insane. Like, please stop. I can't. I can't handle this. This is too much. You can tell Al is a child of the mid, uh, uh, the mid aughts. Um, Amanda, close us out. Tell us all about Mission Pro Wrestling. Tell us where they could find you on social media and your pop culture recommendation. Well, we at Mission Pro Wrestling are on all social media platforms, including TikTok as well. Uh, <laughs> but that's not me. I don't run the TikTok. <laughs> I am okay with it. Um, Al knows. <laughs> but um, at Mission Pro Wrestling, so please give us a follow. Our next show is August 20th here in San Antonio. Uh, it is in partnership with the Hybrid School of Wrestling, and we are helping out the Salvation Army and the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we also will be in Oklahoma City at Comic-Con. Uh, June 25th, so next week. Uh, check us out starting at, I believe, 4 o'clock. Uh, we've got some matches running, so um, some good stuff there. So if you're in the OKC area, go stop by, visit, chat, and check out some great wrestling. I think titles in the line from what I saw, but I'm not 100% sure. I need to go back and look. I just saw something, so... Um, but um, but definitely, you know, August 20th, you can stream on Title Match Network. Or if you're in the area, come by, check us out. Uh, I am at Mandalorian on Instagram. That's primarily where I am most active, just posting random stuff. Like everyone's like checking out my pictures from uh, New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that's, that's up and running. But my um, pop culture recommendation continues to be one of my favorite shows, The Boys. Um, this Very season sure. has been excellent. I... Just when I think there's not a whole lot left in terms of creative deaths, um, surprises <laughs> always happen. I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, but Anthony Starman as Homelander just continues to kill it. Just Oscar, when think, Emmy, exactly. I don't care. Give him exactly. every award. Just when you think Tony, he, give him right, all the awards. Give him just just all of it. Just 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 everybody walk away. Just leave. Um, and let him have everything because just when you think you can't like him any less, there's always something that happens even more. So, um, the plot twists keep coming. It's great. Of course, Carl Urban continues to kill it, you know, too. And I mean, Jack Quaid, I mean, I just, I love the boys. It's so, so good. But Anthony Starman just 
I love him. I love him. Hate him, and I love him all at the same time. <laughs> Go watch his very underrated series, Banshee. That was yes, that's a great show. Great show. Yeah, great the, show. the creators really loved Pop Break because we were one of the few sites that say anything nice about the show. <laughs> uh, but yes, so guys, you could check out Boys, The Staircase, Miss Marvel, Hacks, all streaming right now. Thank you for joining us. And next week, we're going to have an all-star to be determined panel joining Amanda and I talking about <laughs> the uh the unfortunate maybe a series we don't know finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi Al will be uh will be selling sending me his thoughts via uh transatlantic telegram mm-hmm. like I'll it's be, a Wes I'll Anderson be, yes. film it's gonna be a telegram I'm gonna make it happen like it's a Wes Anderson film I have to do this now <laughs> and Alex of course next week you'll hear a lot of Alex and I next week yes. so yes. for Amanda Al and Alex my name is Bill Bodkin may the force be with you we'll see you next week.